Welcome to the Tea Grannies. I'm Elise. And I'm Maria. Today we're here to chat about what happens when you finally land an agent. So pour yourself a cup of tea and let's get started. Chapter 1 Harper repressed a shiver as she stepped onto the cobbled street of the shambles. The hairs on her bare arms prickled despite the lingering summer warmth. She rubbed the back of her neck, casting a sideways glance at two men in long overcoats. They were leaning against the railing of St. Crux Church and talking in low voices. One of them returned her look, his eyes narrowed. His thumb tapped against the end of a black baton hanging from his waist. Harper bit her lip and turned away to study the window of the opposite shop. She rolled her shoulders, resisting the urge to check the reflection and see if he still watched her. Tourists and shoppers scur scurried around her. The old glass warped their reflections, lengthening faces, rippling bodies, as though Harper observed them through water. The crowd hurried past the two men, only slowing once they were under the twisted eaves of the shamble shops. Her gaze lingered on the two men again. No badges, no uniforms, but an air of threat so thick she could feel it smothering her. Queen's Guard. Squaring her shoulders, Harper turned away from the guardsman and resumed her walk through the shambles. The uneven paving made each footstep feel different as she wove through the milling crowds. Her sneakers curved over the cobbles in the center of the row, and each crack in the flagstone pavement grabbed at her toes. Sometimes it was tempting to close her eyes, to walk it blind and see if her souls would recognize the well-worn path. The further she progressed down the shambles, the further back in time she felt. The buildings leaned in closer arching over the path like lovers leaning in to kiss. Hanging baskets of flowers brightened the monochrome Tudor architecture. Warped wooden signs adorned the walls. Harper stooped to see through panes barely larger than her head, each shop dazzled, selling everything from jewelry to paper, from antiques to modern art. So my overall comments on this were I loved all of the descriptions. Uh, I loved where the story seems to be going. I thought the setting was very vivid and Harper is definitely hiding something. And I feel like the writer is building us up to a chase or a reveal, which I love. I think that's a good hook. Um, my main suggestions are to pull out some of the unnecessary information and give us a little more plot. Uh, for example, I think the final paragraph should move to the second paragraph instead It'll accomplish much of the same thing, but then there would be a space at the end of the page to give us a little more action or hints to the action that's coming that will keep the reader turning the page, which is what you got to do with your first page. Always, always, always. Always. Um, yeah, I'm with you on restructuring a bit just to bring some setting in earlier on so that the reader can more mm -hmm. quickly like envision themselves in the scene because that's what I had the most trouble with starting out was like, okay, yeah. we're... I don't know where we are, and then we're looking at two men, and then there's a church, but I didn't have an idea of where the character was standing as that all unfolded, so I felt a little mm -hmm. bit, dis like, unanchored, disjointed, unmoored? What's the word I want? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I like unmoored. <laughs> unmoored. I think that that's a good I should have said that first. I would have sounded very cool. Um, but yeah, so I found it a little bit difficult to imagine where the character was until about halfway down the page, um, and the, the vagueness of that was enough to distract me. Like, I... I didn't feel like I could really get into the story because I was still trying to place myself in it. Uh, that said, I adored the description of her walking, of the faces rippling in the grass. That was beautiful. Oh, yeah, that was so good. Um, the feeling of the cobblestones under her feet. I thought that was really vivid, really well done. 
and everything became more and more vivid as the scene went on so then like amidst all of that the the introduction or delivery of the queen's guard detail provided this perfect like beat of tension of oh no something's off here either she's hiding something she's on the run or she's nervous about these people because of whatever it is whether warranted mm-hmm. or not um so i think either on this page or the next one the one thing that's missing for me is um something to signal for me what the tension is for like is Mm -hmm. harper avoiding these men for a specific reason and i'm not saying that i need to know what that reason is in the next one or two pages just that um you can have like an internal thought from the character of them being nervous about something for some reason but without giving that away um i wish i could think of an example right now because that would make these thoughts a lot more clear but (laughs) um i just just some hint toward a greater conflict that we're not privy to yet to show the story moving in that direction i think that's what i was missing i didn't feel like this was going anywhere yet because i didn't have enough detail but that said doesn't necessarily need to be on this first page it could be on the next one i had a couple more specific comments i just realized when you were oh, talking that i good. yes i have them further down do it um <laughs> the part where the crowd hurried past the two men only slowing once they were under the twisted eaves at the shambles shops um that read a little that whole paragraph read a little awkwardly to me, like the crowd hurries past the guards, which makes me think that they're making everyone nervous or there's something that's making them nervous. Mm. But I don't get it from the rest of the piece. I get the idea that Harper's the only one that's watching out for them. Um, Something to watch there. And I felt like the shambles, like the reference to the shambles could be taken out in a few spots. Like it makes an appearance in almost every paragraph, uh, but you've already established where she is and what the name is of the area that she's in. So I think that you could replace that with a bit more setting, like we said, mm-hmm. um, or hints to why the guards are making her nervous, just something to push the story forward. Once, you know, again, readers are smarter than you think. They're like, okay, we're in the shambles. We remember yeah. that now yeah. and you can keep going. Um, I did especially like some of the phrases, um, the part about her sneakers curved over the cobbles in the center of the row and each crack in the flagstone pavement grabbed at her toes. Mm. That was fantastic. Stunning. Um, and I also loved the the buildings leaning, leaned in closer, arching over the path, like lovers leaning in to kiss. Mm-hmm. Like those phrases are so beautiful. Like I would continue reading this even if nothing happened on the next like three pages, <laughs> because I like the writing so much. So I just want mm-hmm. to throw that in because I think I forgot to mention that in my overall comments. So. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a really punchy first page. And I think we would both be delighted to read more of it. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. I'm not I'm not ready to part with the setting and character just yet because I want to know what happens. Like, <laughs> I can see that the writing, like the writing is really beautiful, like you said, and I think that'll be consistent throughout. And that'll just make the world come to life that much more. So now I'm yeah. really curious to know what's going to go on. But no synopsis, no summary for us. Not this time. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> So, welcome, Maya. We are doing this episode with our friend, author, mother, conservation biologist. I thought I was cool before I met Maya, and then I met Maya, and it was like the universe was just like, no, think again. (laughs) Uh, That's a joke, but also not, because how cool is that bio background, honestly? But uh, anyway, yes, Maria and Maya. Wow, I can't say your name either. This is going to be a problem, those two names together. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't know that was a tongue twister before I started. Maria <laughs> and Maya, we uh, primarily know each other through the writing group that we're in together. Maria and I have been in that one for four years, I think we established, which is like, wow, mm-hmm. ha, haven't even done a degree for that long. And then Maya joined us later. So she's actually married to um, my husband's co-worker. And she talked to her husband, who talked to my husband, who talked to me and said, hey, there's this person. And she's looking for a writing group. I was like, okay, cool. I, I don't know her. Um, does she write good? Um, we didn't know. So I um, can't remember how I got in touch with her, but we ended up on Facebook Messenger because that's safe and no social interaction necessary, except on your terms. And we both like that. So we established that she would send us a couple sample pages. We made it all formal and official. And Maria and I read through her, her samples and we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're in. And then uh, we blackmailed her into the group and have since corrupted her. And now she's with us forever and uh can't leave so welcome maya you can tell everyone that you love us because that's all you're obligated to say and then whatever else you want thanks for having me i am contractually bound to say that elisa and maria are awesome there it is (laughs) there it is (laughs) you have paid your penance now we can do the episode (laughs) (laughs) so maya's here and now we're actually gonna you know talk about agent hunting agent capture agent hunting was our last episode agent capture is why we're here today because maya has taken the next marvelous step in the journey of being an author and landed an agent i'm sure they like being talked about like fish i'm so sorry to agents i know right (laughs) she has entered just picturing all these agents in like a lake and like us casting <laughs> constantly and like trying to get one and they're blocking <laughs> us with floaties yeah <laughs> no my has entered a professional business relationship with an agent there we go they're better, human yeah. too so we're gonna start with kind of pre-agent world because that's where maria and i still are so this mm-hmm. journey is fascinating to us anyways um I'm supposed to ask you, how long did you query for? How many agents did you query? Um, all, all of the stats, basically, that you can remember. And if you can't, just go off on a tangent about one of them and we'll forget. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I have been querying for like eight years. And mm-hmm. that's over like three different manuscripts. Uh, I mean, I've written like seven, but three of them were sort of worthy enough to try and send out. Um, And I've probably queried close to 300 agents. So kind of like 100 per manuscript was kind of my benchmark. Like once it reached 100 rejections, I'd be like, all right, time to shelve it, like move on to something else. Um, And yeah, I just kept kind of going through all those years with the with those three manuscripts and just sort of waiting for for replies. And then eventually, I finally got that one yes and signed with my agent. When was that? That was like a couple weeks, months ago? Couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I signed with Caitlin Sanchez from Context Literary, so Woo-hoo. she's my wonderful agent now, which still feels weird to say that I have an agent. <laughs> <laughs> it's so well, exciting. Yeah. After eight it's years, um, follow-up question to that was, at what point did you, like, write the first book as opposed to the second one in that journey, and how long had it been since you wrote the one that got you the agent? I think I finished the first book Oh my goodness. I can't even remember. Like it was probably like 2012, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second one was kind of in the middle of that. And then this third one I finished uh, sort of like 2000, 
17, 18-ish, something like that. And then and then that one I had kind of like slowly been querying out. So I was sort of dragging my feet a little bit. So it took a, a, a quite a bit longer. Um, but yeah, that was about 2017, 18, I finished it. But the first one was, yeah, 2012-ish. That is a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dragging my feet and I'm only querying my second manuscript. Yeah. <laughs> I've queried like 30 agents. I'm like, oh, do I have to do more? And yeah. 100 was always going to be my benchmark, but now mm -hmm. I like, can't even find 100 agents that I want to query. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, they're not open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's too, right? Like you want to query someone and then they're closed for a while, so you kind of have to like watch their, their accounts to see when they're opening again. Yeah, I feel like a stalker. I'm like, are they open <laughs> yeah. yet? Refresh, refresh. <sighs> I feel like it does require some stalking, like a little bit, mm -hmm. polite stalking. To get, to get stalking. Into Socially acceptable stalking. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> right. And so your, your signing with the agent was a result of a revise and resubmit, which is an yeah. R&R for, for those listening. Um, so how long did it take? Like once you, like tell us about like you queried her, she asked for a full manuscript, you sent it, and then she sent you the revise and resubmit. And like, did she give you a deadline? Like how long did it take mm -hmm. you? to do like I know we beta read it for you when you got it back or before you sent it back to her but um I was curious about the actual timeline like how long those R&Rs take yeah so um Caitlin didn't give me a deadline she gave me a lot of kind of like general overall feedback um mm -hmm. and one of the bigger changes was so my character in my book she I started out writing her with a disability that was like in my mind it's Related to what I have, I have arthritis in my back and fibromyalgia. So I was like, oh, I'm going to write a character with like chronic pain. And I was like, well, kids don't want an invisible kind of thing. They would probably think it was more cool to sort of see like a brace of some kind on their body. Like they maybe that connect would connect. So but my agent was like, well, it'd be nice if, you know, we could have your character mirror more your personal experience. So that was kind of like a very specific change that she asked for. Um, and then the other ones were kind of like these two characters that the ends were disappear and maybe like wrap that up a little better. So it kind of ranged from like very specific edits to kind of very general. Um, and she didn't give me a deadline, but I decided that I was going to take three months to do it. So I mm -hmm. sort of did of my own edits where I like incorporated all of her feedback and then I sent it to you guys and asked for it back within a month or so which you guys were kind enough to send it back really quickly um, and then I spent another kind of like two two to four weeks um, going through all of those edits incorporating rereading and then finally being like okay I think it's finally ready to send back to um, back to Caitlin and the, the hard thing is it's like the student in me is like is, is that good like good is that acceptable is that I mean Caitlin was fine with it but I've never gotten feedback from her if that was slow or quick um or what in the span of things but that was just my experience I did de I decided for my own goal setting to do three months it felt like it wasn't too quick like I was rushing and it wasn't too like forever long either um and my mm -hmm. manuscript grade so it's only about thirty six thousand words so that's why a month was reasonable maybe if you're writing something that's a lot longer it's going to take a lot longer just because you can't mm -hmm. edit something longer that quickly yeah and the overachiever in me would be like i wonder if i could just stay up all night for a week and finish it and send it right <laughs> back <laughs> but that is not <laughs> achievable nobody try that and, <laughs> and agents don't want that i think i think i've heard somewhere mm -hmm. that um and I wish I could remember where, but no, you don't get that from me, that they don't set a deadline. Some agents won't set a deadline like you experienced mm -hmm. because they don't want you to rush it. 
and they don't yeah. um, they want it to like they essentially they want you to take as much time as you need to get it to where it needs to be that's what i've heard from mm-hmm. i think an agent probably on twitter yeah. yeah, and that is totally what Caitlin said as well, right? Like, it's mm. going to take the time it takes. Like, don't yeah. rush it. And for me, not rushing is a challenge. Mm. Um, but I was very intentional about it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds like it from setting your own deadlines and making sure that you met. That's what I would have to do too. Otherwise, like, either yeah. I, would, I would pull an all-nighter and be an idiot or it would never get done. Like, there's no in-between. So Yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. I have to set deadlines. That's what we like our little 12-week plans because otherwise things kind of just get put to the side and like forgotten about although I think if I had an R&R from an agent I would be like prioritizing that for sure mm-hmm. nothing but else not everybody exist exactly and not everyone works at the same pace like some people can edit really quickly and some people take a long time so I guess that's probably why they say they don't give you a deadline because you know yeah. what if you gave a deadline of three months to someone who took like four years just to write the first draft like they would just totally panic because they would need so much more time so that makes sense uh it's kind of nice to have that that door open you can go fix your manuscript up and you don't have to rush and then you can send it off when it feels like perfect exactly and i'll say for context for listeners too that i am my strength is editing compared to writing like i like mm-hmm. and moan and throw tantrums about the writing process but editing is kind of where i'm most happy so that's <laughs> that was why it was reasonable for me as well I'm although I haven't started editing my latest manuscript, even though it's been sitting there with 20 pages of Elisa's comments for like months. And I asked her to get it back to me by a certain day and then I haven't even touched it because Okay, but I did that to both of you with bug babies, so don't yeah. worry about it. <clears throat> We're all square now. I haven't I have not touched that manuscript since you both read it and sent me feedback within the timeline that I requested. So I'm the jerk. <laughs> We want to read it again so bad. Well, no now pressure. I've, now I've left enough time that you've probably forgotten. So when I send you for another beta read, you won't be mad at me. Yeah, it's going to be like <laughs> brand new. <laughs> the hard part for me was last time I, I did a beta read for you. Uh, I did it and then you took it back and then you gave it back to me like a month later. Me? To check some stuff. Yeah. You, really? Elise. Yeah. That's I was like, Okay. So I was like, are you okay if I just check the flag spots? Because I don't think I could read it again that soon. Yep. Yep. I'm on my, I think I'm on my third read through back to back to back. Don't do that to yourself. No. Don't do that Too to your beta readers because they'll hate you and never read for you again. <clears throat> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. So after the the review of the resubmitted request, once you'd sent, like you made your fixes, we had read it, you made your fixes for that and had it where you thought you wanted it, you sent it back to the agent. What did things look like from there? Like what happened before, what was the timeline between that and your next response or your next task? What did it look like? Uh, yeah. So she asked me um, to make a few other changes. And in between all of these emails, it's always a little bit like, oh, you'll hear from me within six to eight weeks. You'll hear from me within a couple months if it's a really busy time for her. Um, so she'd always kind of let me know, like, when was an appropriate time to give her a nudge to be like, mm-hmm. hey, where's this at? Um, so yeah, it was just like, after the revise and resubmit, it was about, I think, about four weeks or so um, before she re- replied. And then we scheduled uh, what she called a get to know you meeting online. So we had a video call together that just she asked me some like general questions about myself and about my writing kind of aspirations and uh, career, future career potentially. Um, and then following that uh, was more of a business meeting. And that was during that meeting was when she offered representation. 
The get did to you, know you or you the scream? business one? <laughs> the business one. During the business one, the separate question Mariah yeah. asked, did you yeah. scream? Yeah. More important <laughs> question. Yeah. If I go off her rep, I'd like mute her for a sec and be like, one sec. Yeah, there was a lot of like just smiling and trying to contain my excitement. And then when I ended the call, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. So yeah, I was trying to play it real cool, like on the call. And then afterwards I was like, wow. I'm proud of you. I couldn't play it cool. I'm mm. such a idiot. So like, actually, I, I take it back. You are crazy. <laughs> we don't want you. <laughs> so did they what kind of questions did they have for you and what kind of questions did you have for them in comparison okay so Caitlin asked me um in the get to know call Caitlin asked me what else I was working on uh so I told her about kind of my other works in progress uh completed and not completed and then you know just just general questions about that were to get to know who I am as a person and if we would kind of vibe together in a working relationship. It's like what my other hobbies were. Um, she did ask me if I needed writing to pay my bills um, and if, or if like anything I get is good. And that was more just for context. Like the answer didn't matter whether or not she would represent me, but it was just mm -hmm. something that she kind of wanted to know mm -hmm. uh, going into it. And then also, um, things like uh if i'd like a writing career you know some authors might be kind of like oh well this is you know my one book and then uh, maybe mm -hmm. i'll publish another one in 60 years other people are like nope like this is what i want to do have multiple books um so that was also a question just for context and i remember she was like would you are you thinking you're like a writing career and i was like yeah can i have one of those like that would be great <laughs> that was my answer like, super cool um yeah so that that was my plan um to have one writing career please um and then what kind of uh, what kind of edits I prefer to receive and do well with so she's like do you like kind of like general or inline and I said both and so that was kind of like just um uh the the questions that she asked in the get to know call and the business one was just a lot more kind of about a talk about the process like what are the next steps mm. um and then questions I asked Caitlin I actually pulled a whole bunch from Alexa Dunn's YouTube video um she's a YA author she's done some sci-fi and um is getting into thrillers recently and I follow her YouTube channel I have for a while um and her video is called what to do when you get the call uh which I finally after like having it on my list for a few years can now remove from my watch later list because I got the call so that's great <laughs> um, but I is so good yeah and I used that as a guideline because even in like just regular job interviews they'll be like so do you have any questions for us and I'll be like uh no and then I'll get home and be like dang it I should have asked this um so I and I just I didn't know like what like what do people ask agents and so that was really interesting because even if I didn't use all of Alexa's questions it kind of gave me some context for like oh like this is important to her because she's this kind of writer this kind of person um so I just used that as kind of like yeah like to ask Caitlin things like have you ever asked someone to remove something from social media like that never would have occurred to me to ask so I asked her that and then things like if, if you know if I send you a manuscript do you send anything I send you on submission or is it kind of up to your discretion and and then I asked her just for my own knowledge too like if you say no we're not going to submit this it's just not really like the right market for it can I then self-publish it if I feel really strongly about it so just things like that I pulled a lot of mm -hmm. questions from Alexa's video 
Cool. Okay. I love that. Um, what was the answer to that last question? I'd love to know. Like, are agents okay with you self-publishing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Caitlin cool. okay. was. And she even said that Context Literary like offers self-publishing help and like that's a service mm -hmm. they provide. So she was like, yeah, so if you just want to like go through us for it, great. And so it's a, a, an option for any of my work that we feel like we're not going to do traditional route, then I can choose on my own to self-publish if I want to. Cool. I love that yeah. because one of my questions that I forgot to include in the list we have going on here is like, what happens if you get an agent like this, this is for your middle grade novels. Mm -hmm. Like what about if you wrote like a YA novel or an mm -hmm. adult novel, then what happens? Yeah. So Caitlin, in my situation, Caitlin represents middle grade and YA, which is kind of oh, what I write primarily. Mm -hmm. Right. So that works well. I have heard from other authors that sometimes they'll have a different agents for those different genres. Like if it's mm -hmm. one that your agent just will not represent, then you can query another agent and be like, hey, I have this agent for middle grade, but I need someone for YA and just go that whole separate track. Like I know I'm pretty sure okay. Brandon Sanderson did that or either he still does or early on in his career mm -hmm. when he kind of had both middle grade and YA. So I think I got that too bit from him um but in my situation i only need the one agent <laughs> perfect okay so that's that's the plus side of finding like your your dream agent so what's the difference you know you queried like 300 agents and when you were doing that like were they all someone that you thought would be super appropriate for you like a good business match or were they all just agents that would represent what you were querying and you're just kind of taking a shot in the dark yeah, so I know like a lot of people talk about, you know, try to find an agent that you feel like you're going to jive with, but I felt like that's really hard to do just from their sort of website lists mm -hmm. or their Twitter list. So I would definitely more so target people who were representing what I wrote rather than someone like I would follow their careers. And if it was really interesting, I'd be like, oh, like that'd be a super awesome plus like to work with this person. Um, but usually it was just kind of like whoever had like even just like middle grade fantasy on their list, mm -hmm. I would query them. Um, so super general. And I mean, like now looking back on it, I feel like I'm so fortunate to have Caitlin and she does kind of like fall into that category of someone I would work really well with because, you know, after like 300 queries, I definitely started to get the feeling that like anyone that will have me is great. Um, but I'm so lucky to have Caitlin because I know like I when I was listening to an episode of Writing Excuses years ago, Mary Robinette was talking about she was kind of in a stage in her career where it was sort of starting to take off and she really needed like to switch agents like she she was saying she's like I, I needed a shark like I need a, like someone who's just going to go after things for me like I need a shark and I was thinking about that recently just reflecting on the whole signing with Caitlin and our working relationship so far and I was like I don't think I would do well with a shark like I kind of mm. want a dolphin or like sea otter would be great um and like it's like all of those are like good marine mammals like they're gonna do well in the ocean just in a different way um so Caitlin you are a sea otter and or a dolphin um and that's it's just Caitlin is so optimistic and enthusiastic like I am and we get into these email chains where it's like four emails long. It's like, you're awesome. No, you're awesome. No, thank you. No, thank you. And I really need that. Um, and so it's like a bonus that 
Caitlin is like that with me personally. And then she's also a very talented editor as well. Like some of the changes that she made um, when we were prepping the manuscript for submission were some of my favorites. Um, and yeah, she just, I feel like she works really well with my personality. Like I am impatient and extremely sensitive, which is a bad combination. <laughs> um, and I feel like she, she knows how to handle me and how to like handle that type of person I am. So yeah, I just, I feel like I kind of lucked into the ideal agent situation after sending so many queries. I love that. I feel like I would need a shark. I would probably need a shark because I'm <laughs> yeah, like anxious right? and controlling. I'd be like, get out there yeah. and, you know, get some blood in the water. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like when you hear that analogy, it's like, you, you know what you want. Like, you know, yeah. the otters and shark. Like <laughs> one of them will hold your hand. One of them won't. <laughs> I think I need the hand holding. Oh. Yeah. I think we all need a little hand holding now and then. Yeah. <laughs> My, you've kind of answered this already a little bit in the tangents we've gone on, but um, just for timeline clarity, because I think this will be helpful to some people. Once you um, you revised, you resubmitted, things look good. You had those calls. You agreed to work together. Um, what then were the next steps? Did you do, you you mentioned some editing before going on submission. So was that like another whole round? Were other people involved? Um, or did she prep you to go on submission somehow? And what was the, the process for that? Yeah, so Caitlin uh, took a few weeks with the manuscript on her own. It was just her and I working on it. Um, and she sent me edits that were things like, you know, add a comma here, take a comma out, those kinds of like uh, I don't know if the, I guess at least you can say like copy edits like yeah. more like detailed ones um, and then there was also things like hey maybe we can add rework this sentence or add a little more here so like still a few kind of like bigger chunks to address but like overall much much smaller than like the the big oversight uh email or edits of the revise and resubmit um and so then I went through uh that document after Caitlin was finished with it and then once I had kind of gone through it once and it started to be very back and forth where like we were starting to kind of whittle down those edits slowly and sometimes I would change something and she'd be like no it doesn't work let's change it back and then mm -hmm. other times I would change something and she'd be like okay like it's on the right track but you need to come back and like look at it which is again the impatient thing where I was like no no like it's fine <laughs> but then I would give it a couple days and then come back to it again so that whole process took probably like two or three weeks or so um and once we were getting close to kind of those last few edits uh just needing to be checked off then Caitlin uh um made a submission letter like she completed a submission document that kind of looks very similar to a query like she sort of introduced who I was and what the book is about mm -hmm. um and all that kind of stuff and then uh that was going to be the the letter that we sent off to or she sent off to editors once we were actually on submission so that whole process took me by probably in total about a month and then you know, we were on submission and that we are still on submission so it's it's a lot like querying where you kind of you send it out well, Caitlin sends it out and then you sit there and wait and listen and hopefully get feedback and it's really hard not to refresh your email every five seconds um yeah so that was kind of the the thing that happened sort of immediately after was we just just jumped right into edits and getting it ready for submission Okay, I love that. That was faster than I thought it would be. I thought you'd mm -hmm. kind of hang out in like just Free nowhere land. 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 Yeah, for like a few months before anything happens. Yeah. So that's nice to know. Caitlin is very quick. So that I think is could it could just be like specific to my agent. Um, but yeah, it was it was mm -hmm. she was just very excited to get going on it. We both were. So yeah, that was the that was the first thing we did right after. So that was great. I love that. 
Um, my my question was about the publishing contract. So obviously don't disclose anything you're not supposed to disclose. But um, I was curious, like, did you feel the need to have a lawyer of your own look it over? Was it pretty straightforward? What did you think about it? Yeah, so the contract is, in some ways, I was expecting like a tome. It's like, here's your tome of being signed with a letter. It was about, a, it was like a page and a bit. It wasn't very long. It looked pretty standard. My, uh, this is ironic to say for someone who writes, but my brain doesn't do very well with words. I like think a lot in images. Um, and so I gave it to my husband, who is a lot more kind of better equipped to handle like the jargon and some of the like more technical uh looking documents so he read it over and was like yeah it seems pre pretty good so pretty standard so I just signed it because I was very excited as well um and I didn't see any <laughs> red flags but I mean you could totally have a lawyer look it over like it's just one of those things that we didn't have the finances to do that and we were lazy mm -hmm. so that like a combination of those are just like yep yeah, like you know let's send it off like looks fine um but if you wanted to just for your own peace of mind or to understand it better like I don't mm -hmm. see any reason why you couldn't do that or shouldn't do that like it was totally up to I think the person's comfort level with with the documents so mm -hmm. yeah but mine was, was standard and it wasn't hard to understand i imagine the the contract that you signed for your agent is one thing but the con a contract you would sign when a publisher offers you um a yeah. book deal is going to be it's pro that's probably going to be the tome um yes, yeah exactly yeah so and that one i probably might yeah reach out for more help with but yeah the the agent one was pr was pretty standard straightforward mm -hmm. Um, for the most part. But yeah, I think if if my book sells, if it gets a publishing contract, then that's going to be one where I'm going to have to really sit down and look at it really closely because I'm yeah. going to struggle to understand mm -hmm. it. Also, we got to say when your book sells because I've read it and I know that it will <laughs> and it's amazing. Uh, thanks, so guys. when your book sells and when you get your publishing contract. Yes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you guys are the best, best partners. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, I think that kind of wraps up our questions about the process, about the business question. I mean, we could probably sit here and ask you more questions all day long mm -hmm. um, because <laughs> there's so many things. There's so many things, but I think that's a good chunk of information that we didn't have before. I know I feel mm -hmm. more more informed and so do I. <laughs> it feels like a little bit less daunting like what happens in the great unknown now it's like okay I, I know, know someone's right? been there. <laughs> I was most excited for this episode because mm -hmm. I was like I feel like there's not a lot of discussion like online mm -hmm. or on Twitter wherever from like people like okay I'm represented by so and so and then now I'm on submission and I'm like well what happens between getting the agent and going on submission like you skipped a whole bunch of chapters what happened in the yeah, middle we yeah. want to know <laughs> so yeah this this it's very like, nice have you guys seen that. seen that meme that's like the rest of the owl where it's like you draw a shape and then you draw another little like detail and then all of a sudden it's like bam fully realistically rendered <laughs> owl it's like that right it's like you get to the it's like i signed with an agent and boom i have a book it's like, what, 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 what the but how did you get there how did you yeah, do that it's not a three-step process oh, man. <laughs> i think yeah this is probably my favorite episode we've ever done just because like <laughs> like we've i we've done a lot of this where we like we'll do an episode on something we'll do a bunch of research and we'll compile a whole bunch of notes and it's like yeah i totally learned a lot this is de demystified this aspect and it's great but i feel like this one this aspect has kind of like eluded us 
for the past several years. Yeah. So this feels like, <laughs> oh, this is a new step for us as much as it is for you. Um, just yeah. to hear from you and experience what it's like through through your experience yeah. of it. So. And I can prepare you guys very well for when you guys get agents because I know that's going to happen. <laughs> like how you said when and not if. She jumped right I on know, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> when for you guys, if for me. <laughs> we'll probably do the same in, in reverse. When for Maya and you know, whatever. For the I actually have to keep querying if I want to do that. I've, yeah. I've taken a real lull. <laughs> it's been like a six-month lull because I just haven't felt like doing it, but... It's you hard, know. right? Like mm-hmm. I did that too, where I just felt like, you know, right now I just need to take a break for a little bit and then yeah. I'll just keep going afterwards, right? Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's hard to put yourself out there continuously and it's hard mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of look for people who might be interested in your work, compile the query, send it off, like all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, it's totally something that people sometimes need to do, right? It's mm-hmm. just kind of take a breather for a bit. Yeah. And I Mental think health break. that's healthy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because you can only take so much like I did all this work and it's a no. And as much as yeah. like that doesn't reflect on your writing, on who you are as a person, any of those things, it still feels mm-hmm. that way after a certain amount of time. Yeah. And then that's, okay, I need to take a step back, get some perspective again and dive back in. And I imagine that you did that multiple times over the you said mm-hmm. eight years that you were querying. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. One, of my, one of my other questions I forgot to ask actually was you said that your benchmark was like 100 queries per manuscript so you hit that for all three of your manuscripts basically um were those hundred queries for like if you take the latest manuscript were those hundred queries over the course of several years or did you do like one year per manuscript like how how did that break down um I sat down one afternoon and just sent out a hundred at once just super like (laughs) no I'm joking um it it was really like again kind of like Maria was saying with breaks and stuff right it just really would be like oh I'd send out you know like maybe four one afternoon and then a couple days later I'd send out five and then like you know another day I'd send out one or two and and then it would be kind of be like, okay, like, I'm going to wait now to hear back from those people. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's the, you know, radio silence, like it's been two, three, six months, whatever. And I've never like had a reply. So I'm going to assume that that's like an, a rejection without a reply. And then sometimes it'd be a form rejection. And like every so often I would get like a couple little like, oh, it's not for me, but I did enjoy like, you know, this in the first 10 pages that you sent. So those were like little nuggets to kind of hold on mm-hmm. to and be like, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> and the first manuscript I ne- ever queried, it was like all form rejections, all of them. And mm-hmm. so I knew that it just what it wasn't there and then the second one was kind of like I got a couple requests and like a couple non-former I'm like okay like my writing's kind of improving and then this third one I think I got to just under 50 queries before I signed with Caitlin um and that one was like I think I had like six full manuscript requests so I was like getting better at writing queries I was getting better at writing in general um so it was all that kind of like but yeah it was it was very just kind of like I think the first manuscript I ever sent out I was probably querying for like maybe a year to two years somewhere and that it's a long time ago I can't remember but I think for all of them it was kind of like that where I would send out a few and then once I had kind of racked up maybe 10 or 15 rejections I'd be like okay like now I'm going to try and do 10 or 15 more and so it just kind of took the time it took depending on the reply rate yeah okay, okay. that's making me feel more confident because the manuscript that I need to edit would be my third one that I'm going to query and maybe the third one yeah is there you go one. right third time's the charm yeah third time's the yeah. charm <laughs> But we'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I guess our last question is, uh, tell us what you're working on now Mm -hmm. and what your plans are kind of going forward. 
you guys know that I'm working on a YA superhero novel that I keep sending out for feedback and writers yeah. group. Um, and it's about five people who go to a nerdy convention and gain superpowers of their characters that they're dressed up as. And one of the costumes goes bad and leashes hatchlings on downtown Seattle. Um, and so that's kind of like been like a fun project I've been working on. And so hopefully it goes somewhere we'll kind of see. Um, and my plan right now is to continue to freak out because I'm on submission and every time we get I get an email or like and I'm like what and sometimes I'll reload my Starbucks card and it'll email me I'm like is this an email from you no it's the Starbucks card but like you know this oh my gosh like yeah so that's my plan it's like I live in a perpetual state of like listening to my phone ding um and then yeah like I just have other projects I want to finish like the superhero one I've got a couple other kind of works in progress I just need to kind of get organized and get my butt in gear um, and right now I'm kind of just focusing on the mom part of my life because it's mm -hmm. summer vacation and my daughter's home uh, for the summer for off for a couple months and then my son's only a year and a half so he's always home with me and so that makes things very very busy and very very full but it's nice to have that time together so yeah that's that's my life right now wow that makes me um, feel like, okay, so other people are busy too, and they still manage mm -hmm. to do it. So I can survive this. Yes. <laughs> I'm starting to go like, what's my excuse then? <laughs> um. <laughs> too many yeah. dogs. Yeah, too, too many, many dogs. <laughs> you have more dogs than i have kids so there we go <laughs> sure and then and then there's horses too so look now yeah, right? i just gave myself go. all the excuses i feel a little better now yep <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on our show uh we love having you in our writing group and we chat with you all the time but this is this is a special hangout for us so mm -hmm. we really appreciate it it's awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, and th thanks for having me in writing group too, because that has been life changing. Like I was looking for one for years, and I got the best one. <laughs> yeah, and now you can't leave, so it's sort of like a lifetime yeah. thing. Like we got our hooks in you, cry. and you're screwed. Elise <laughs> <laughs> is so you're cute. I'm over here with me, but I'm stuck with you. I love it. <laughs> We're a happy writing family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and that's the tea on signing with an agent. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at the Tea Grannies Podcast and on Twitter at the Tea Grannies. We'll see you next time with our Q and A on traditional publishing with author Rob Samborn. Happy writing! <laughs>